Hi, this is Big Fan Patton. You're listening to TV Confidential. The Roberts with a reminder that Linda Day George will join us at the top of the hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Greg Airbar is with us as we take a look at the Blu-ray release of Space 1999. Space 1999, the British-produced science fiction series from the mid-1970s that Greg says served as a gateway between 2001, A Space Odyssey, and Star Wars. Both seasons of Space 1999 are available on Blu-ray, through Shout Factory. Before we went to break, Greg was talking about the changes in cast and the differences in tone between season one and season two of Space 1999. He was also talking particularly about an episode called Dragon's Domain. But Dragon's Domain was supposed to be written for Nick Tate's character because he became very popular. But one day, Sylvia Anderson called him into her office and said we're not having you play the lead in this we're bringing in an italian actor and martin landau is now going to play a bigger role in this because he kind of asked for that he feels you're not quite ready to have an episode featured around you but it was sort of fattening you know it was He didn't like the idea of that. and Greg said sort of shatnery, because I think we're doing this via Skype, and I think Skype ate up your line. So I just want to make sure that shatnery is a good line, Greg. Well, and for those who don't know what shatnery means, if you read any book by other cast members of Star Trek, if somebody had so, so many lines or some action or whatever, William Shatner would go off to the side, whisper a few things to somebody important, and then suddenly that actor would no longer have that scene or those lines. And that's kind of what Landau did. Now, he was a good friend to these people. They liked him. He was wonderful to work with. But he was insecure, and he was facing what a lot of actors face, the need to survive. And he was a star. And so he was doing what he needed to do. And it certainly mustn't have been lost on him that Nick Tate's character was getting popular. So in Dragon's Domain... It became the Italian actor, and he was apparently the Italian actor came in and he could barely speak English. And he went to him and said, Can you help me? Because he was a super nice guy. And he said, Of course. And he said, He, he never knew that this was the role I was supposed to kind of play. Huh. But, but I coached him anyway. Uh, as it turned out, in the second season, they wanted to fire, Freiberger wanted to fire him too, but there was so much mail and so much fan support that. Gary Anderson and various people pressured Freiberger not to fire him. There was also another actor on the show who played Sandra. He changed her name, I guess, just to prove he was in charge or something. But she, she appeared in a few shows. But what they did was they made her not a contracted employee, but a day player so that she would be paid less. So she eventually quit the series because that wasn't fair to do that to her. So things like that were happening. It was also revealed in the book that Barry Morse, he said that he just left the series because he wanted to do adult stuff again. He didn't <laughs> want to do well, in reality, Freiberger and, and the powers that be were cutting the budget. Yeah. The second season was cheaper. So they basically cut his pay. 
and it was kind of embarrassing. And at first he refused, but then he said, okay, or his agent said, okay, but they'd already said no. So he didn't come back, which is very sad because he had a wonderful character too, who he was trying to find. The reason his hair was long and back was because he thought, let's make his hair long and back because that makes him a little funkier, <laughs> uh, a little more of an odd. And everyone hated the uniforms. They were designed by Rudy Gernreich who was a, a mod designer who Sylvia wanted to use and by chance Barbara Bain knew personally. He designed the see-through blouse and he was the hottest, you know, grooviest designer in Hollywood, um, you know, the mod designer. So he designed these things that if you were even the slightest amount overweight, you didn't want to wear. Yeah. So there were a couple of guest stars that said, I'm not wearing them. And so they had to design something else. There was another star that had to wear little silver pants, and he wasn't thrilled with that. But he only designed that one costume, that one set of costumes. The other costume designer was relegated to the back credit. So there was a lot of that sort of thing. By and large, though, there were some some good scripts in there. And visually, it's a very impressive thing. The other thing to keep in mind is when we watched the show was on smaller screens. If you watched it ever in reruns or on videotape, you didn't see good prints because it took a long time to get these 35 millimeter prints again, negatives. So this is all from the 35 negatives. They were not always transferred properly. So when people saw these shows, they didn't look good which means you're going to see all the mistakes, but you're also going to see an awful lot of cool, nice stuff. It's loaded with extras. Greg Gerber is with us via Skype as we take a look at uh, Season 1 and Season 2 of Space 1999, both Season 1 Season 2, available on Blu-ray through Shout Factory. There are extra features to speak of on this Blu-ray release? Yeah, there are some. Audio commentaries from an earlier release. There are brand new audio commentaries. Then there are promos that Martin Lando and Barbara Bain did. There are, for local stations, there are interviews that they did for promotional reasons. There are all kinds of little featurettes. The Blu-ray set is very highly recommended, especially if you never saw the show. And to be honest, I didn't watch it much when it was on because it was sold to me the wrong way. And I didn't really didn't deliver what I was expecting. Plus, as an adult, I get a little bit more of what it's trying to say, especially in the first season. And then you just throw it all out the window and just laugh at the second season and just isn't this all kind of silly where's dr smith we are the real brady, brady bros brady brothers from the tv show brady bunch i'm barry williams and i'm christopher knight i played greg and uh who were you again i played peter We've decided that we're going to do a podcast around episodes of The Brady Bunch. We're going to use it as a prism to look back to our experience doing the show and why The Brady Bunch is still popular. Have a sunshine day. We are The Real Brady Bros. I just, uh, you mentioned local stations. If, if I recall, it was syndicated to the U.S. on independent stations. Uh, if I remember correctly, the local NBC affiliate in San Francisco aired it Saturday nights at 7 o'clock. Um, yes. After, 
uh, I, and I don't know whether it was contractual, it, it had to air at certain times, or whether they just aired it whenever they aired it. But in San Francisco, anyway, it aired at uh, 7 o'clock on Saturday nights on the local NBC affiliate, which meant that it would lead into whatever was on the uh, the NBC network at the time in 1975 and 76, which I think is when it aired originally in the U.S. That's the way it was in the Miami station where I watched it. They ran it at 7, and they were a network affiliate as well. Okay. The networks wouldn't buy it, and this is the interesting thing. The show was done, and that's part of network politics. The networks wanted a show that they could develop, and this was a finished season, so they wouldn't take it. But the local stations were eager to take a series that was the most expensive show to date, yeah. and they could promote it. So it actually was an innovation of the time. This is before The Muppet Show. You know, that was also ITC. Yeah. So what this opened up was what led to the Muppets and a lot of the major syndication that even exists today uh, with Wheel of Fortune and all of those things and, and, uh, and that sort of thing because the networks turned it down. Uh, it was unthinkable at that time. Star Trek had something to do with it, certainly. But an original show of this level was very unusual. UFO was syndicated too, but it had nowhere near the budget that this had. Yeah, UFO and several other ITC shows were syndicated at the time. I remember there was an ITC show called My Partner the Ghost, which either the NBC or the CBS affiliate aired like on Sunday nights at 11.30. So I, I don't I don't know whether what, what the contractual situation was at the time, but it, at least... In two instances, it, sa- it, it sounds like Space 1999 aired at 7 o'clock, which is a good time slot. Oh, yeah. Because it's, yeah. it's as close to prime time as you could possibly get. Yeah. At the time, also, just before that, ITC was trying. See, the, the American market is always huge for overseas. And shortly before that, ITC had developed two sitcoms that both of them were unsuccessful. But they were American and British co-productions. One of them with with Shirley MacLaine called Shirley's World. Mm -hmm. And the other one was called From a Bird's Eye View. And that was produced by Sheldon Leonard. With Pat Finley, yeah. Pat Finley and Millicent Martin, who played Daphne's mother on... uh, Frasier. Frasier. So that was another attempt to bridge the two. Because the Avengers had done so well once it moved to ABC, and that was also designed once it went to then its last black and white season with them appeal, and then the color ones. That was designed to appeal to Americans to present a Britain that was postcard perfect, sort of quaint, eccentric Britain that Americans expected. They knew exactly what an audience wanted in a show that took place in the U.K., Anything else about Space 1999 that you want to throw into the mix? Well, again, don't expect this thing to wildly impress you. I am sure in many years from now, what our special effects today will also somewhat look cheesy in many years to come. But this show is certainly worth watching for those who love sci-fi and fantasy And even those who might have said, yeah, at the time might say, gee, this is this is kind of interesting, if only for its historic value, 
because it really does have a lot of elements of what we see today in it, and it really doesn't get credit for that. Both season one and season two of Space 1999 are available on Blu-ray through our friends at Shout Factory, the uh, Space 1999 Companion Guide Destination, Moonbase Alpha, the Behind the Scenes Companion Guide to Space 1999 is available wherever books are sold online. Uh, the author of that book is Robert Wood. You can read Greg Airbar's Animation Spin column twice a month at cartoonresearch.com. Got a few minutes, enough time to tell you that the American Cinematheque will honor legendary casting director Marvin Page on Sunday, January 26th with a special screening of The Last of Sheila at the Egyptian Theater in Hollywood beginning at 5.30 p.m. Both Richard Benjamin and Diane Cannon will be interviewed on stage at the Egyptian Theater by film historian Foster Hirsch immediately following the screening. For tickets and more information, go to AmericanCinematechCalendar.com. We'll take a quick time out, then Linda Day George will join us when we come back for hour number two of TV Confidential. Stay with us. If you haven't been listening to TV Confidential, this is who you're missing. Michelle Nichols. Adrienne Barbeau. Leonard Maltin. Joyce Bullison. Peter Onorati. Judy Norton. Robert Wagner. Robert Hook. Lee Purcell. Julie Bud. Rhonda Shear. Michelle Lee. Jacqueline Smith. Lou Antonio. Shirley Jones. And many, many more of your favorite celebrities and people behind the scenes in the world of television. That's TV Confidential. Every week on this station. And every day online at televisionconfidential.com. Become a TV Confidential confidant and receive unlimited access to the last five years of TV Confidential, plus other members-only content. To find out more, go to televisionconfidential.com and click Become a Confidant. Enter the coupon code CONFIDENTIAL when you sign up, and you'll receive $5 off your first month's membership. For more information, go to televisionconfidential.com and click Become a confidant. You can listen to this show all over again as a podcast on iTunes, Spreaker, TuneIn, Apple Podcast, and wherever podcasts are found. Best of all, it's free. To subscribe to the TV Confidential Podcast, go to the homepage at televisionconfidential.com and click subscribe now. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetic Health Hotline today. 800-712-8002. That's 800-712-8002. Paid for by U.S. Med. Be part of our conversation. If you have thoughts on what you've heard tonight, whether you agree or disagree, we want to hear from you. Send us an email, talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net, and we'll work your comments into our next program. Maverick, Legend of the West, revised third edition, completely updated with more than 100 pages of new information about the show that made James Garner a star, including a dozen new interviews and a lot more comments from James Garner himself. Maverick, Legend of the West, revised third edition, available now at mavericklegendofthewest.com, mavericklegendofthewest.com. Alexa users, you can now listen to TV Confidential on your smart speaker by just saying, Alexa, play TV Confidential. 
Enabling our Alexa skill is easy. To find out how, go to televisionconfidential.com slash Alexa. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.